0: Well, isn't that awesome? We can just uh, enter into the kindness of God and come to a safe place where those who fear can actually trust God. One of the greatest messages that you can ever hear is the message on God's love, how much He loves you. That is what the Gospel is all about. It's the message of God's love, God's work towards man to save man. This morning in our fellowship in uh, Durbanville I shared with the people and what came to my heart was the following you know we we've had a, we've had a certain commandment as pertaining to fear and we have thought that fear was a commandment in the sense of you shall not fear you shall not be afraid doesn't matter what storm comes, doesn't matter what happens to you in this life if you if you've got cancer you should not fear if if you've got um, If if poverty stares you in the face, you should not fear. And if we fear, and I mean in in the midst of all those commandments, if fear would happen to us, then we would now have fear upon fear because now we would now be afraid of God because we have not obeyed the commandment in not fearing, which is actually ridiculous. You know, we've come to a place where we are afraid of God because we have been afraid in a certain situation now what about having a father that loves us that comforts those who live in fear that has come and saw and that he sees the pain and the agony and the torture that people have that live in fear and that he has come to uh, comfort those who fear with a word about God being the father of people caring for people loving people wanting to bring comfort and uh, freedom or let me put this way that wants to love them to the point that fear falls off them what about fear being something that we are enslaved to that we cannot be free from by our own works and that God uh, is loving to the point that he will set us free from fear I remember so many times where I could not actually live a normal life uh, because of fear that grabbed my heart. And I was afraid of many things. I was afraid of failure. I'm not talking about when I was unsaved. I'm talking about a Christian trying to please God. I was afraid that somebody's going to go to hell that I have not preached to. I was afraid of not healing the sick. I was afraid of not preaching the truth I was afraid of um, not obeying God I was afraid that I could not hear the voice of God clearly I was afraid uh, of God himself now that is that is not a good life and sadly many people are bound in a life like that in church I have come to encourage you today with a message that can set you free from all of that. Now before we get into the message, I want to say this. Please uh, get your heart established in not just looking for a quick fix as pertaining to any problem you have. If you've got a fear problem, uh, you know, so many times we want to say, well, let somebody lay hands on me and cast the devil or fear out of me or just lay hands and say a prayer and all of a sudden everything is gone. Now, that is, that's good if it happens that way, but let me tell you something. If your belief system is not established in the truth, that fear will simply return to you and you will live in fear again. The best way to get free from things is when, uh, when God loves you Uh, and you experience His love and sees the truth that He brings you to the point that your belief is reprogrammed, and since the heart or the belief of a man is the seat of our emotions, we will start to feel uh, peace. We will start to feel joy. And uh, I want to encourage you, church, um, as as your pastor, though, um, you know, and not that I'm saying I'm owning any one of you, I'm not owning any person, but as a person that want to care for you by bringing the truth to you, I want to say to you, uh, settle in your heart that God is going to share His person with you, who He is with you, and that will bring forth a brand new life which is born from Him. Uh, it might sound like... Um, this might take too long or oh my goodness when is it gonna happen or anything like that but let me tell you something when it does happen it's everlasting and it is not something that is just on the surface it's something that has grown from the depth of your being so as we take time we invest our lives, as Christ has invested His life life for us, we invest in the life that God has freely given us. And as we discover what He has freely given us, I want to tell you, the perfect love of God will cast out all fear, wherein we would be able to go and stand fearless before God in the day of judgment. And that would be on account of God's fruit manifesting in us by His doing. That's a true context of 1 John 4 anyway. So so yes, we're going to talk about fear and the importance of all of this is to connect this message of fear with end time judgment. Because I remember, and many of us has come out of the Pentecostal charismatic background, and what we have seen is... um, is very, um, how can I say, deceptive, because we have lived with a message that says, okay, we don't have to be very afraid of God, but we just have to take care with Him. You know, we just have to, we're dealing with God here. So, we don't have to be terrified of God, we just need to fear Him in in, in, in a in a way where we reverence Him with an under little underlying fear, because it might be that we go to hell or be, we're going to be burning in hell. You know that is some of the things that that, we, um, that, that we've got in our subconscious mind, in the depth of our heart. And that is what God wants to set you free from church. That is what uh, God wants that away from you and then what when it comes to the end time judgment we would say well okay I don't have to be sore afraid of God in this life but there's still an end time judgment and there I'm unsure I'm not really sure there's going to be an end time judgment and it will even be a fearful thing to see how God just comes in with a sword and cut to pieces Everybody that hasn't obeyed him, and how fire is going to rain from heaven and burn up the enemies of God and completely destroy them. Now, we're going to look at, and I'm, I'm you know, we're going to look at the fear of God, and, uh, you know, which is the beginning of all wisdom. We're going to look at all these things so that even when it comes to end time judgment, that we can have a good news message that we can preach to people. Uh, You know, so uh, some of you might say, oh, Beth, you know, you've now become a universalist. You're saying everybody's saved. Brother, sister, just listen to what is preached and let us not just jump to conclusions so quickly wherein we want to categorize everybody. And let me tell you why we want to categorize. The subconscious mind (coughs) works this way. For it to feel safe, everything has to be uh, defined inside the parameter of its basis of knowledge. So if you hear something and you don't know where to put it in, you will kind of force it into a certain package so the subconscious mind can say, ah, this is not something new to me uh, because anything new threatens our belief because it might tell us that what we have believed is wrong, so that's why the subconscious mind is not very pro-change, it's pro-stability, and that is the way God has designed us, because once we are established in the truth, you know, we cannot, it will be very difficult for us to change from this truth, so let us not quickly categorize, I am not into universalism, uh, not that I want to, I'm against anybody. I don't want to, you know, even, you know, Jesus wept for the law people. He, he was, His heart was for those that crucified Him. Even Stephen, which was full of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the full atmosphere, uh, the full spirit that's inside the Trinity. The atmosphere, the spirit of the house of God if you want to call it that way was fully in Stephen when he was stoned and he said God don't keep this sin against them when he with his last breath that is what he what he said so uh, th- this was people stoning him so in dynamic love uh, web church and in my ministry I'm not there to try and categorize people and, and all of that. We just want to preach what we see the gospel is and see the fruit of this truth manifest in us. So, right, let's get into the message for today. Proverbs 9, verses 10. Proverbs 9, verse 10. Let us just go there quickly and uh, we just read one of uh, what, a very famous scripture in the Bible. This is what it says it says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, since the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it's very important to understand what this fear of the Lord is. What is the fear of the Lord? Um, I want to put it this way to explain to you what that verse does not say. We read so many times, this is how I read it, to be cautious of God and that He can just destroy you, makes you very wise. Which is not what that verse says. And I want to put it this way, to be afraid of God is the beginning of all stupidity. Now, what's written there, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom but I want to say to be afraid of God to be afraid of God to be terrified of God is the beginning of all stupidity you know when a person is afraid you know and in in desperation is very desperate he will make desperate moves he will not think straight even in a court case when a person was severely scared or frightened and he hits somebody else or um, defends himself or something I mean there's mercy for those actions because we would say that that person is not really in his right mind Uh, because you are overtaken by the sphere and the sphere grips you and forces things to manifest in you which you have no power over in the very same way, you know, when we are afraid of God, we will start to do some very desperate things. Um, let me give you a good example, uh, which, which will, I mean, I'm sure it will speak to a lot of us that come out of the charismatic background. We have been taught that if you steal from God, then God will curse you. And you will be under a curse and you've robbed God, and you cannot—you know—you are in the danger of the anger of God because you've stolen from the Almighty. Now that fear will take a person that has no food to give his children, and take that money and give it to a man that will—that's going to buy golden rings for himself, you know, and book himself some nice holidays with that money now that is crazy now why would a person do such a, why would you fall into that form of stupidity now it's simply because being afraid is the root of uh, uh, very desperate measures which can be absolute stupidity now you might say badly, but there the scripture is clear, and it does say, you know, where fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and then it goes on in verse 10, and it says there, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, when the Bible says, the fear of the Lord, number one, I see it as fear towards God, which I will explain, and I also see it as the fear that belongs to the Lord. In other words, the fear that God has in His heart. Now You might say, oh, God is not afraid. Now, if you say God is not afraid, and you say that you are born of Him, and you have the fruit of the Spirit of God in you, um, but we must be afraid of God, but God is never afraid, And how does those things correlate? It just doesn't make sense. Can you see how wrong wisdom brings shallowness of mind and being led away by uh, not wise, unwise arguments and false knowledge. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, meekness, temperance, faithfulness. It doesn't say the fruit of the Spirit is shivering in fear for God. Now, when, when it says there, the fear of the Lord, it means the fear that's inside the Trinity, plus it says here, and the knowledge of the Holy One, that talks about knowledge about Him, but also the knowledge that He possesses, the knowledge of Him, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding, in other words, true understanding is to know what God knows, that is true understanding, so, let us recap quickly and this is what I want to say, Fear for God or the fear that God has in His heart is the beginning of wisdom. Now what is fear? How do we define fear? Fear is easily defined. Let us go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13. And I'm going to read a verse to you that Jesus quoted in Luke 4, also in Matthew. Remember when Jesus said, let me first read the verse. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 13 says the following. It says... In verse 13 it says, You shall fear the Lord your God and serve Him, and you shall take oaths in His name. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve Him. You remember when Jesus was tempted of the devil... In the desert, um, the devil came to him and said to him, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all these kingdoms and all this kind of things. And then Jesus said, You shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. Jesus, he says, it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God. Now, what Jesus does is he's quoting Deuteronomy 6, which clearly states, you shall fear which there, in that context, means have reverence for. Um, It also implies that it could bring forth fear in your heart. But what Jesus does, He comes and He clearly portrays the Word of God in Deuteronomy, and He translates that verse into Greek, not as a word which talks about being afraid, but actually the Greek word proskuneo, which is the word love. You know, or worship. Uh, so not the word love; it's the word for worship, and that word worship, proskuneo, means uh, to lick the hand of the master. Or when you would look at some um, a, a guy coming up to a lady and he, he honors her, he will take her hand and kiss her hand and bow. It also talks about when you come before uh, a, a person that that is of high stature, where you honor that person, you bow before him in the sense of just honoring his greatness. And that is what that word fear means. That word fear, the fear of the Lord means to have the very respect that God has in his heart towards others, have that respect also towards God. In other words, when we can come to a place where we actually honor God for who he really is, And I want to tell you, we are not honoring God for who He really is if we are in a place where we say God is just this God of anger that's just going to destroy people, He's just going to uh, beat people up, He's just going to call down fire from heaven, just destroy people, and all those kind of things. I mean, is this physical fire going to come like Sodom and Gomorrah and they're just going to burn to ashes, and that's it. It's almost like a person who... um, who's next to the, who's, who's taken captive by some kidnappers, you know, off the, um, you know, Somalian coast, and, uh, and then you go to save them, and then you tell them, well, I want to, well, you, you say to your friend, you know, while you're on this rescue mission, well, let's save them, and if they don't want to save them, we put gasoline on them, and we light them up. Now, that is crazy. I want to tell you, thoughts like that is born from people that are very, very afraid. It is not logic thinking inside the platform where God comes and declares Himself as your Abba, as your Father, as the one that cares for you. I mean, we, we can understand that even in a rescue mission, in a, in a place where you want to save people, if people don't want to partake of that salvation, if they don't want to, we can still see them dying, but it is not the Savior killing them. They're there to save them. Even Jesus, he came and he wept over Jerusalem. I said it last Sunday. He came and he wept. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, like a hen gathers her chicks. Look at the beautiful picture he uses. He says, come, sit under my wing. What, what, What wing is he talking about? He's talking about the wings of righteousness, the fire of righteousness, wherein he protects them and gathers them together because they are scattered they are scattered. They are all over the place in religion and in they stoning each other. They are, I mean, completely, um, what would you say, uh, uh, consumed with jealousy and hatred and bitterness and sin consciousness and clothes and things, how you must get dressed and, and all those kind of things where they don't see love for one another or the value of people or the value of the Gentiles or any of that. They are lost in this death how can God come and say, well, you know, you are dying out here and I've come to save you and you're not willing to be saved by me, then I'm going to put gasoline on you and set you on fire. It just doesn't make sense. And you know, while I preach this, you might want to gnash with the teeth and say, oh my goodness, I don't believe this. You know, let me, let me explain, explain this quickly with Stephen and just this whole judgment thing of God when it comes to fear or before i get to stephen let me say this fear talks about reverence for someone and god has got reverence for man and when this reverence when we see the value of a person and just his person is the the just who he is as a person when we have reverence and respect for that in the very same way if we can have that towards god that is the beginning of all wisdom. And the Bible says, Jesus Christ was made unto us wisdom. So when we have respect, if we can just say, God, I've just got, I, I'm just willing to show some respect for your view and opinion. You know what's going to happen? You're going to be led to Jesus as your righteousness. You're going to be led to Jesus as your holiness you're going to be led to a man seated at the right hand of God wherein we are co-seated with him you're going to be led to a place where a man possessing immortality declares his life as your life and that is wisdom that is wisdom. And as we then, from that wisdom and that honoring God, we start to see the knowledge that God has about us. We see the truth that God has about what has happened to man and sin and how He sees us as His children, how He loves us. When we start to see that, you know what's going to happen to our hearts? We're going to, we will come to a place where we say, we are now flooded with understanding. And those who are are flooded with understanding, glory to God for the understanding, glory to God for the wisdom, but you know what will happen to them? They will bear much fruit. What that means is, the love and the opinion and the kindness and the person you behold in God will start to manifest in you and you will co-share in that life. (laughs) Glory to God. We're talking about the fear of the Lord here, people. Now, let us just go, you know, we can go to Acts 7. Let's go to Acts 7. Acts 7. And um, I didn't plan to read this, but let's, let's get into it. Talking about the stoning of Stephen. And I'm going to just give you a good example of the fire of judgment of God. The judgment fire of God that comes upon people and that burns them. Um, you remember, those of you that have not listened to my previous messages, I think I've got four messages on uh, uh, the vengeance of God, the judgment of God, end time judgment. Please do yourself a favor, go into our archive, and, or just onto our website, you might be five years from now, here, listen to this, go into the search area and click on vengeance, and you will find these, this series, just listen to it and let God speak to you. I promise you, it will leave you flooded with peace. That's what will happen. Acts 7. Acts 7, and then I'm just going to go to Romans 8, and we end off with that. Acts 7, and we're reading from verse uh, 51 now this is stephen speaking to some of the teachers of the law and, uh, and the pharisees and the jews and this is what he what he said he said you stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears you always resist the holy spirit as your fathers did so do you now Remember, when, Jesus, when the Bible talks about the judgment day of God, the terrible day of the Lord, this day, and I'm not, I don't want to replace it with the end time when Christ is coming back. There's something going to take place there as well. But when we read Malachi 3 and Malachi 4, it talks about a day of judgment. It talks about a, a day of fire. It's a day. When we talk about a day, we talk about the dawning of a day. When a day dawns, we see the sun come up. And the Bible says the sun, the S-U-N of righteousness, will arise. In other words, this flaming ball of fire will arise. And what this flaming ball of fire will do is, who will ever be able to stand in the day of His coming? For He will be a refiner, a purifier, and He will burn away. That's what he will do. But, it says, it will have healing in his wings. Those wings or those tongues of fire would be flooded with healing. So, what will happen is that fire will consume and heal. Now, how does this consuming work? The Bible also talks about, you know, when the fire, fire comes or when we are in the fire, it talks about a gnashing of teeth. It says, you will, you will gnash with your teeth. Um, so we're just going to look at what I believe is a good example of that now some of you might differ with me Um, you know that that's okay my identity is not in how many people agree with me although I would just like to make a point and bring forth some light on on the subject of the consuming fire of God now here was the Jews they found their identity in we are the people of God we are for God we are the holy people. We are standing for God. And here comes a man. Uh, his name is Stephen. And he said to them, You know what? Let me tell you the truth about you. Let, me, let the day reveal who you really are um, in your actions. You were the people that, st- that killed all the prophets that prophesied about Jesus. And you even murdered Jesus. You killed Jesus. That's what he said to them. He said, You are stiff-necked. You are uncircumcised in heart. In other words, you don't want the flesh, which is this Judaism system wherein you're righteous by your works to be cut out of your belief. You always want to do something to qualify before God. You are uncircumcised in ears. In other words, you don't even want to listen to a message that is free from flesh or free from works. Where the flesh and the works has been cut off. You always resist the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit that wants to declare holiness. You know, As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, and, whom you no, uh, and whom you, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers. That's now Jesus. Who have received the law by the, by the direction of angels and you have not kept it. So what he's doing is, he's shining the light on what that sister brings forth. And what he's doing is, he is saying, your works and by what you think your holiness is and what you do, I want to tell you, it means nothing. It is actually Filthy. So he is burning it up with the fire of the truth. And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God and he said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, then they cried out with a loud voice, Stop their ears. Do you see the uncircumcised ears there? They don't want to see freedom. Here He comes, and what He was talking about is happening exactly. When the truth is revealed, when God comes with His love, when God comes with a message of acceptance, when God comes with a message of, listen, man, you guys are resisting what God really wants to do. Jesus comes. He wants to be good to sinners. He wants to show love towards people. He wants to burn up the revelation or the mindset of God is against People. He wants to do do away with all of that. He wants to burn up the system of two kinds of people, Jew and Gentile. I want to burn all of that up. I want to come and declare myself as the father of mankind. I want to declare people as mine. I want to bring the message of innocence. I want to bring the message of acceptance. I want to bring the message of how we've been included in what Christ has done. And that no nation, no person has been excluded from the death of Christ and what He's done for us. He wants to bring that. That's what Jesus wants to bring they don't want to hear that what does he do he tells them as it is he comes and he declares this is the truth and when they heard the truth what did it do it burnt them it cut them to the heart so I think that that fire that comes upon people when the Bible says we will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire we see it right here the Stephen full of the Holy Spirit When he was full of the Holy Spirit, what did those that were against the Spirit experience? They experienced that they were burning with anger in the depth of their heart to the point that this truth hurts them, to the point that they were gnashing with their teeth. And they were saying, I don't want to hear this. I want to be outside of this flame. I don't want to hear this. And what did they do? They, they stopped their ears. In other words, they didn't want to hear that. And what, what, what did they continue with? They continued with what they were born from, which was the ministration of death, and they stoned Stephen. And then Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, came, and what he did was, uh, I just, um, oh, here's the place, and what Stephen did in the midst of all of that. Um, And this is what Stephen did. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, "Lord Jesus, receive my spirit." Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, "Lord, do not charge this against, uh, uh, charge them with this sin." And when that said this, he fell asleep. Do you see the spirit of God, even towards those that stone Stephen? He says, "This is the spirit wherein God operates." I'm not keeping charge. I'm not keeping charge. I'm not going to do that. Because these people are already in the ministration of death which will destroy them. And when this truth is revealed to certain people that don't want to hear this truth, it will burn them. So when we look at the judgment of God, When you look at the end time judgment of God, my friend, I want to tell you, we don't have to be afraid of God. He is a God that's going to say, let's not keep charge against them. Let's love them. Let's declare in the midst of them that are against us, that want to kill us. Let us still say, I am seeing a man at the right hand of God, standing at the right hand of God. When Stephen said, I see a man standing at the right hand of God. You know, when he saw a man standing there, these people that, were gnashing at him that wanted to kill him that was against Jesus that man there was also talking and being the very place God has prepared for them and in the midst of that he continues to bring this fire that destroys the lie that destroys it and what happens these people are experiencing this truth as a destruction of their own system and they are dying in that Now, what I've just said might want to say, oh, you know, this or that or whatever. Let me tell you. Let me tell you this way. When the judgment of God was on the earth, in, I think it's in John 12, where it's written, it says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the prince, what is this judgment of the world? The prince now the prince of this world, or the the, the ruler of darkness is cast out. Do you see this judgment? Do you see that in this truth we can see who is born of the truth and who is not born of the truth? Can you see that? Can you see how a message like this truth can be a fearful day, should it be revealed? I'm sorry for getting back to the tithing thing again, but it's just something that works very well. Or let me use something else. The, the umbrella teaching where you are under the covering of your pastor and that kind of a thing. And if you don't honor the man of God, you cannot be blessed or anything. If you come with a truth on how you're covered by Jesus, it will be painful to all those who believe in that message. They will gnash you with the teeth and they will one, destroy you if they don't submit to that truth. It will be a fire burning in them. Now, um, if you have, let's move on to the next point. If you have fear in your heart, if you have pain in your life with fear, I'm afraid of my uh, health situation, I'm afraid of my children's future, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to my parents, I'm I'm afraid of things. You just live by fear. If that is you, um, I want to give you some good advice as in how to get rid of that fear. To take the Bible and say, well, I should not fear about that, and I'm going to try not to fear, is not going to work. I just promise you now, it's not going to work. What you need is information that brings your heart to a place where your heart finds no reason to fear. I have, you know, when I've, um, lately a person, and you might even be watching, I'm, I'm not against you, I'm absolutely for you, and I've had this before many times, you know, I was even one of those people that thought that you need to be afraid of God. I remember preaching that. Um, you know, when, when now, you know, when I hear a message of being afraid of God or fearing God, not in a reverence way, but in having a little bit of an uneasiness, not sure what's going to take place with Him in the end time judgment. Um, when I look at that and I try to fear, my heart doesn't find enough reason to allow an emotion of uncertainty or discomfort or what we would call fear because when in the beginning when I looked at this fire burning on the mountain as I came closer I discovered that this is the very glory of God which is love joy peace God's long-suffering he's merciful he's gracious his kindness towards man his willingness to forgive sin and it's a fire that shakes the very foundation of the world It shakes the foundation of the world system. And the Bible says, The elements of this world, Peter says, shall be consumed. What's the elements? Go and study the Greek word. It means the basic principles of this world will be consumed with the principle of God's goodness towards man in the resurrection and in what He's done for us. That is what it means. So when we look at all of that, you know, and we we see this, and I look at who God is, and I try to fear, I find the bucket that says fear empty. There is nothing that can fuel my fear inside God. What the person of God fuels in me is trust. What it fuels in me is peace. What it fuels in me is a passion to preach the gospel the way I'm preaching it. Uh, the, 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 what it fuels in me is A spreading of the message, loving my children, loving my wife, kindness in my heart. That's what it fuels. Now the Bible says in in Romans 8 verse 15, He says, We have not received the spur of bondage to fear again. So we are not in a place where we are in bondage to the Pharaoh, where we are afraid to be punished with him. Or, in other words, in the true context of Romans 8, we are not afraid of death anymore, for we shall not... Enter and uh, 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 talking about the believer here, we shall not enter an eternal death, but we sh- we've got the glorious hope of the resurrection. <laughs> Hallelujah! And when this spirit, this belief, enters us, what does it do? It sets us free from fear. I'm ending off by quoting Matthew and just referring to Matthew 6. Jesus comes, he says, Do not fear about what you will eat or worry about what you will eat what you will drink, or what you will wear. Don't you know, I mean, you have a heavenly Father that knows you have need of these things. Do you see how the fire of God's love comes to consume our concepts? Do you see how God comes and He brings the spirit of Abba? And the spirit of Abba, what it does is, it brings forth comfort, and removes fear from our hearts. So I want to tell you this, in this world there are many things that you will find you are afraid of, but the last thing you need to be afraid of is God. Just have respect for His opinion about who you are and what you are. That is it. And if you have fear, what will you do? You can run to your Father. And you don't have to think, well I've just had fear so now I've disappointed God, now God is afraid, I need to be afraid of God. That's not the way God's intended for you to live. Church, thank you so much for watching. I trust this message has deeply impacted your life. It's great to bring this message to you. Let us just pray together and then I'm gonna just share something with you in short. Father, thank you so much that I can bring this gospel to people. Thank you that people can be deeply impacted by this message and that lives can be changed and the truth can be revealed. I pray for every person that is watching right now in their house, I just see tears flowing over some people's faces as they are uh, experiencing deliverance and freedom. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you that people can be touched that way. I see people just opening their hands and saying, glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your goodness. And thank you, Lord, that we can see that and be one with your people. And as you see that, for you are inside them, and you are in me, I can see what's going on because we are one. Thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for these people. I thank you, Lord, that your, your people are strengthened and encouraged. And I thank you, Lord, that they are flooded with your Holy Spirit in, um, in their lives and that they will just see the fruit of your life manifest in them. Amen.